right, welcome everyone. This is week two of the Hopeless Professionals podcast. This is Damon here. And Travis. Hey, Travis. You can catch us at hopelessprofessionals.com where we uh, have a lot of uh, new blog posts that we're putting up. We just wrapped up our games of 2017 this week. And now we get to actually start talking about new stuff, stuff we're going to be playing this year, um, which I think is kind of funny now that I think back to it because I spent a lot of time writing about games I played last year, which was really easy. And now trying to find time to both play new games and write about new games has been a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, that is true. Um, since the last time that we we kind of met up to talk about these things, I beat Blossom Tales and uh, I wrote my first, I won't call it formal, but I wrote a review kind of about my experience with the game. And, and that was really... Uh, stress inducing i just you know kind of putting that was my first experience of trying to put something as i played it instead of you know going through the the retrospect you remember the game that made the best impression on you and it's it's a little trickier going through each game that i'm beating trying to kind of remember the all impressions of it and uh it was different i think it's gonna be a lot of fun to do that moving forward you know that I, I like that you said that because I I haven't finished a new game yet. I'm working on a couple things right now in terms of new stuff. I'm playing Celeste, which I know you've been playing as well. Um, I started the Shadow of of the Colossus, which is is a remake, but it's new because it just came out two days ago and it's phenomenal. I, I want to finish it. I want to write about it. I kind of want to share all the things that I feel about playing that game. Uh, I'm also replaying the God of War games which I think you and I are planning to kind of play through together later on and talk about why we like them and why we're, we're you know, um, our plans for what the new one's going to be when it comes out. Um, I'm going to take a minute here to talk about what I like about Celeste. So in case anybody has not heard of this game yet, it's a new indie platformer kind of pixel art. It's got an excellent um, 8-bit sort of soundtrack um, and it's really challenging. You have this jump dash maneuver. Uh, you do not have a life bar. It's basically one hit and you're dead and everything you touch kills you. Spikes, monsters, uh, pits. There's these weird little blob things that show up and I'm only on chapter 4 and those are the things that I've started to encounter. And the the interesting thing about this game is that it has a really unique take on what seems like mental illness, anxiety, depression, and the sorts of uh, baggage that those um, things can can kind of, you know, you carry along with you as you go through your life. Um, what do you think about that? I thought it was really neat. Um, I had heard, uh, like, IGN gave the game a 10, and a couple other reviewers gave it, you know, high high marks and I've never played a platformer, you know, like again, I was more of a console guy and then going back into a game like this, that's got this type of, you know, I'll call it mistake free play. The later you get in the game, you know, you can, you can die. I died 2000 times. I recently <laughs> finished the game. So it tells you how many times that you died. I did die over 2000 times. Wow. And, uh, Hey, don't judge. <laughs> no, and, I, um, I think I died 300 and something just on the first level alone. Yeah, yeah. The, it's pretty neat how they kind of break everything up, but they they do really well. It, it, it's done sort of like a movie where you have these kind of build ups. You have this big 
could I'll call it a catastrophe and then another build up to a climactic moment and then it kind of resolves itself and I really liked it. Um, I really I think I rushed through it so that I could buy a golf story <laughs> while it's in sale. Uh, so I want to play that soon. Um, but I really liked it. Um, I, I challenge you to beat it because the last the last three acts or so or chapters or whatever they're called were really really a pain in the ass, but um, very satisfying to beat. The one thing I want to add um, regarding Celeste before we move on is, you know, we talk about a lot, you know, being dads and, and working and, and trying to find time to play games. And the one thing about this game in particular that I really enjoy, especially having it on the Switch more so than having it on any other system, because it is out, I know, on PS4 and, and on Steam. But the thing about having it on the Switch that makes it so excellent is the fact that it saves on every new screen that you get to. So you can play for five minutes and finish one screen and the game saves and then you can come back again and, and pick it up and play another screen and you can do this as often as you want without ever feeling like you have to dedicate hours and hours to this game and you can you really get a sense of accomplishment no matter how much or how little you get to play it, which is something that I enjoy You know, trying to find time to squeeze in in gaming. I, I worked... I think 65 hours in the last six days and I got no time to play anything substantial, but I did manage to beat two chapters of Celeste because of this reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a cool, a cool way to look at it, especially with how busy I know you've been. Um, In regards to other games that we've been playing, we got monster. I got monster hunter the day it released and didn't play it for (laughs) uh, four days because of work and everything. And, uh, but that's, I think the next game that I, I've listened to a lot of people talk about, I played for myself. I, I really like it. I'm not any good at it. Um, people hate the Dark Souls comparisons, but then some people say, oh, no, it's exactly like that with the combat. So I'm, I'm staying away kind of from that because uh, I've never played Dark Souls. Um, but it's really interesting. There's a ton of systems within the game as far as like crafting and, and different armor sets. And I haven't had enough time to really master that. Um, one of the things that I, I will speak poorly about seems to be the way that you can play with your friends and what they're trying to have as an online-based game uh, compared to games like Destiny where you have a friends list and you can literally join a game. Uh, it seems like something that maybe this game isn't necessarily missing, but it's definitely more of a... It's a little more like, cumbersome? Yeah, yeah, cumbersome. Or just They just don't communicate it. Like There's never a, hey, push this button so that you can do these type of things. And maybe that's not how they wanted it. I, you know, I've it is what it is, but uh, I do, I do like it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the world itself is all—it's just everything's moving, everything's you know alive, and uh, you can kind of make your way through. Um, but I've, I'm only a couple hours into that. Um, they did release today that Monster Hunter was the most downloaded game uh, for the PlayStation last month in January, despite it coming out on January 26th. So I thought <laughs> that was it, and uh, I, I looked it up. Hang on, back up here. It's actually, as of right now, the tenth best-selling PlayStation Four video game ever, with over two million copies sold. Oh wow, that's that's impressive. I I didn't realize all that. I did know that it was the most downloaded game of January, um, but to find out that it's in the top ten PlayStation Four games of its life of the PlayStation 4's life cycle is is kind of impressive. Um, I also bought it, and I I started it, and I'm in the hub world now. And it, it, the only thing that's frustrating me at the moment is the fact that it has that it, – it falls into the trap that many of those Japanese RPG-type games do where the tutorial is overly long and it's like 
go here and talk to this guy and talk to that guy and talk to this person so that you can basically learn where everything is, which is is fine and dandy. But, you know, it just feels like it, it takes a little longer than I wanted to. I want to get out there and start hunting monsters. I don't necessarily want to talk to the smith and, and then go to my, my cabin and then go to the bar and go and do this. Um, that's the only thing that's kind of putting me off from it at the moment. But I know that once I get past that, the world is going to open up and kind of be free for the taking. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, we've got a buddy, uh, David and, uh, germs that have been playing and, uh, they're, they're kind of at a place that I look forward to being, I hope with understanding the game and, and the fun that they're having with it. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep moving forward with that. Um, all right. So here, do you want to move into some of the news? Yeah, the last thing I wanted to mention uh, about what we're currently playing is that I am looking forward to finishing Shadow of the Colossus, finishing Celeste, writing my first formal review, as it were. Um, I'm excited to kind of experience the challenges that you talked about because I have yet to do that. And... Um, now that I have some free time this week, I plan on at least beating one of these two games and, and doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the news. And we've got, we've got a, a decent amount of news to cover this week. All right, let's go. And the first thing I want to lead off with is one of my most anticipated games of 2018, got a release date. It's Red Dead Redemption 2. Initially, it was supposed to come out early in the year, but I'm okay with it coming out on October 26th of 2018, uh, whom the CEO of Take-Two did say it will meet that date. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that they waited to announce that date so that they could announce it and then not have it slip, unless, of course, something catastrophic were to happen. Um, did you ever play the first Red Dead? I did. I played most of it. Um, I believe I got like up north, and then uh, I was something had happened, and I don't remember what it was, but I was doing something, and I got killed by a bear, and I was so <laughs> mad that I stopped playing it. And then I started playing. I think I got like some other game and played that instead. But um, I'll definitely wind up playing it if I get some one of those Xbox subscription things, or if I find it at GameStop. Well, I would. I'd like to point out to you that. It is backwards compatible on the Xbox One, and you can probably find a used copy at GameStop for pretty cheap. So if I, I would implore you to do so because if you did not finish it, you're you're really missing out on something. The, the, the ending of that game does something really cool that you should probably experience for yourself. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited to see where this this one goes, and I've heard that it's a prequel. So you know, I'm 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 interested to see the story that they're going to tell. I, uh, I'm really excited to see the. They have uh, three multiplayer modes, including a battle royale, an elimination type of mode, and uh, something else that I just forgot. Um, that is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting that they're going to try to work that. And we can talk more about it whenever it comes closer. But definitely a lot to uh, to look forward to, and they're doing a lot. I think they're doing more with that than they ever did with the, the Grand Theft Auto Online. Uh, speaking of which. Grand Theft Auto 6 is currently being worked on. Of course um, it is. But yeah, so I th- Red Dead Redemption is a, is a game I've been looking forward to since they released it. And I think that it'll be one of the games that we really talk about more frequently once it starts getting closer. Um, 
one of the things that I'm really excited about is they released, uh, they announced the release date for Curse of Arrows for Assassin's Creed Origins uh, being March 6th. So uh, it seems like we just got the hidden ones and yeah. we're going to jump right into uh, the Curse of the Pharaohs. Pharaoh or Pharaoh? Pharaoh? I think it's pharaohs because it's supposed to be the premise is these dead pharaohs are they return to a new it's a new region in egypt spoilers yeah it's the valley of the kings yes that's that is correct good point there um and and i did not finish the hidden ones yet i'm still about halfway through unfortunately have not had time since our last podcast to play any more assassin's creed but i will get that done before this next one comes out because i think the premise for this dlc is is pretty interesting and I, i'm i'm excited to see the way they work in this these dead pharaohs coming back to life because there wasn't a lot of mysticism so to say in the assassin's creed origin story there were things that they you know if you were if it was ancient egypt and you didn't have technology to explain the way things worked you would think that it was obviously a sign from the gods or whatever um a nice example of that being when you're in crocodilopolis and the crocodile is sick and they they're attributing it to being punished by the gods but really somebody was poisoning the crocodiles on purpose so I'm I'm interested to see how they 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 take this story and morph it into these these dead pharaohs returning from the grave. Yeah, I, I think it'll be pretty neat. Um, keeping things rolling though, like one of the I'm trying to remember was it you that got me into Daredevil on Netflix, or it may have been vice versa. Vice versa. The uh, but I, I love Daredevil and Daredevil turned me onto a couple other shows, uh, including Jessica Jones, and I loved the first uh, the first season of that. It was really good. Um, you know, I think it had. A couple of really demented, demented uh, the, the the bad guy there was was a total asshole. Yes, uh, in some pretty crazy ways, and uh, I think they they encompassed that really well. And I'm excited to see they're bringing that back for a second season, being released on March 8th. So I have planned to have that watched by March 9th. <laughs> I don't think I can watch it as quickly as you, but I did binge watch the first season of Jessica Jones in about I – th- I think I did it over the course of like 10 days or so, um, I, and although I did watch like six, ep- six episodes in one day. And I really liked it because Jessica Jones is – kind of messed up you know she's not like she's kind of like the anti-hero but she's still a good guy but she's got problems you know she drinks she's got issues and Is she hot? She, i thought so i think she's hot yeah <laughs> but anyway um and i like the fact that she's kind of like tough as nails gonna kick your ass um you know she fits into that 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 marvel universe in a, in a pretty unique way and i i would like to see more of that, but I also really just want more Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to that too, and I know they're bringing it back. I'm also really, I really liked, uh, you know, not to try to linger too much on Netflix shows, but uh, I really liked what they did with The Punisher. Yes. I, I really enjoyed that uh, standalone series. I watched the, the heck out of that. So um, aside from that, and this is, I think, more of a thing uh, for you, but the Mario Kart for mobile. Um, and uh, that release and the Nintendo online store, I'm not really familiar with that will encompass. And I'm not a huge Mario Kart guy, um, but I know that uh, you, you bought that on release, uh, I, I believe. I did. And I bought it. I actually bought it more so for it kind of like the gateway of getting my son into playing video games. Because with the way Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, it had this auto steer, auto acceleration mode for beginners. So it's kind of like 
turn that, that on. Yeah, that's exactly how I play. I play it on uh, the hardest difficulty like that, and I get my ass kicked. <laughs> no, but for real, I you know I turned those two things on and gave it to my four year old and said here, and it's like, oh my god, he's like I'm winning, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and. It it got him excited enough and got him comfortable enough then to be able to move on to games like Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. And I'm, I, I like – I don't think I'll play much of Mario Kart Tour as I believe it's called, but I know that he will. And being able to have it with me when we go out, sometimes it's easier to like if we're sitting in line or at a restaurant or waiting for something and, and your kid's getting impatient say – Oh, here's Mario Kart on the phone. It's probably going to look and control pretty similar. So, and that's a, that. I think that's a good choice for them for a mobile game because you don't need a ton of inputs. That's that's kind of where a lot of the pitfalls of of iPhone gaming falls for me. That and why I don't really play a lot of games on my iPhone. I prefer to take a Nintendo Switch with me, or maybe even like the Vita if I go anywhere. But for my son, who doesn't really have as much of an attachment to playing with physical inputs, I think he's going to enjoy having it on the phone for those little bursts that, you know, to kind of keep him from becoming, what's the word I'm looking for, um, impatient. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I didn't realize there was such a, uh, what was it, I started listening to the Game Informer podcast, and the way that they cover a lot of these mobile games, I had no idea that there was such a competitive market for that. Yes. Um, now, I have our next piece of news, and I'm going to use this as a segue into uh, you know, our more relatable topics or our more primary topics, um, the Destiny. Bungie, they've just been laying us down with some information here uh, you know they gave us a, a roadmap from now until may um announced the uh, crimson days i guess don't say valentine's day but the crimson days event which is uh <laughs> the same event they did in destiny year three it was yeah it's, with rise of iron yeah no yeah, no take neat. that back i believe it was during the taken king time oh you're right it was after taken spring it was it, it was, was right before, before the Taken Spring, and th- that was in Destiny one time. It was actually people were kind of frustrated because it was really hard to hit max light, and they promised all this loot and and three twenty ghosts and all this stuff, and nobody got anything. I remember, yeah, that's right. And that's why it was such a big deal when they brought everything back in that last. Uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. And I, then uh, remember I the they, show, so yeah. I didn't really care. We played a lot of. Uh, of everything in that with the, I think the, cause it just doubles elimination. That was right up our alley. I, I, we didn't do exceptionally well, but we had enough fun with it to keep trying, um, which I thought was pretty fun. Yeah, it was actually really hard. Um, but the interesting thing about the way that destiny and Bungie are kind of laying out the roadmap is they're, they're being very specific, which is something that we have complained about for a long time when it comes to, Bungie and Destiny and the way that they communicate what they're doing with the game, it has always felt so vague and kind of like, oh, we're listening, we promise, we're going to do stuff, but you just have to, we're not ready to tell you what we're going to do yet. And now it seems like, more or less, they're like, whatever, here's what's happening. And if we don't have it when we say it is, it should be coming shortly after, but here are the things that we want you to experience and when we hope that you're going to be able to do that. Yeah, I think that it, they encompassed that whole um, ideology really well in the, one of the 
the Bungie forum posts on Thursdays, um, the TWAB, uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, they basically said it whenever, instead of finding things to, uh, that the way, if something isn't being played the way that they intended it to, instead of changing things to make it that way, they're going to start changing things to how we like to play. And I think that was, that was the phrasing that people started really liking to hear, um, where they were kind of putting money where their mouth is, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, just saying different things every week, being active on Twitter. And I think there's a lot to say for the, uh, the roadmap that goes from now until uh, May, which will be the start of season three. Yes, with the uh, Gods of Mars DLC. So let's continue on. We're going to go right from that into our topic, which really is all about Destiny 2 and where they're heading this this I guess with this season, the rest of season two into season three, and then what they're hoping they're I guess they're going to do with the fall. Um, I know that that Activision did announce there's going to be an expansion this fall after the the um, the season pass that they had laid out for this first year. So th- I find that to be a little exciting. And then to to so go off of the, to go off of what you said, I'm sorry, what. We're calling it the Taken Queen, right? The Taken Queen. Uh, that would be perfect, actually. Um, <laughs> but, to, you know, I like how you mentioned the fact that they, they personally called out, the you know, how maybe the players use something offensive as a defensive maneuver. And maybe that's not what they intended for us to do. But now, instead of changing it so that that we use it the way they wanted us to, they're going to allow us to have the freedom to use things the way we want to, even if it's not what they intended. Like the Titan Shoulder Charge. Titan Shoulder Charge in Destiny 2 is not being used offensively. It's being used as an in-air dodge. Um, it's being used to to get around the corner faster. It's being used to, to, to get to... You know, higher ledges and and other things that you normally wouldn't be able to do. So instead of taking that the range and the in air movement that you had and nerfing it, they're saying, you know what, you guys can have that back. You can enjoy using it that way because that's the way that you guys decided it worked best for you. And who are we to say how you're supposed to play the game? Yeah, yeah, I think that was a pretty cool, pretty cool way to do that. Um, what do you think about the so they? They deployed the Masterworks patch, which gave us the Armor Masterworks. They worked in the raid reward improvements where you start to get things within the raid, um, fixed a couple, I guess, the Flashpoint milestones and things like that. Uh, what did you think about the upcomings, the, the strikes in the social, the sandbox coming on March 27th? I think the sandbox is going to be the biggest type of change if they really – because they can keep doing all these things. They can change things as well as they want. But if the sandbox change doesn't go over well, then I think that uh, – it's just kind of all for nothing. Yeah, that that is a good point. I don't think that I, I don't I, I think that if they, they screw up this, they're really they're going to be so far in the negative that they're not gonna be able to kind of convince people that they know what they're doing with Destiny Two, which is really a shame because Destiny One came out, it was kind of interesting. And then died off, not died off, because there were a lot of people that kept playing despite the fact that it was really hard to earn loot and everything. Um, but they, they, they showed with Destiny 1 that they knew how to Im- improve on a, a very gradual but satisfying basis. With Destiny 2, they have not been able to do that. But with the March 27th 
patch where overall movement is faster. Just in general, you're going to move faster no matter what. And then with your supers, you're going to move faster. Um, supers and power ammo will be available much more frequently. And then they're they're going to be bringing back um, weekly playlists and 6v6 for Iron Banner, which in my opinion is probably one of the best moves they can do, short of in implementing Destiny 1 elimination into Destiny 2. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm sold on that one. If they'll do that, I think I, I think they will come the fall because if you if you go on Twitch now and you look at people playing Destiny One, Destiny One is actually getting better views than Destiny Two. That's that's I, I want to say that's funny, but I think that's sad if it's anything. You know, Destiny Two is just not as exciting. You you're not you're not like with the movement and the abilities. You're holding on to your super. Everybody gets their super at the same time. You pop your super and you're dead. And it's like, oh, I waited three minutes to get this and I didn't even get a kill with it. Yeah, especially if you're like me and you waste that tether or you uh, you just suck as an arc blade or arc dancer guy. Pole dancer. Yeah, I just I totally screw that up. But it's a lot of fun. I, I got back. We streamed a whole lot of Iron Banner, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. I liked the way that they've worked in the uh, column ornaments, I guess. Um, and some of those, they're they're not attainable super easy for someone who plays as casually as I do. Um, but it does give me a reason to be excited when they say, "Ooh, Iron Banner's coming back." I remember my progressions. I remember what I need to be doing, uh, and I look forward to that. So I hope that they they keep some of that up. Um, one of the things that I think you actually pointed out to me is that in the Crimson Days, there is not one single thing that you can get from the Eververse store. Everything is, I mean, you can get, if you want the Sparrow, I mean, these are just for instances, you have to do the raid. If you want the Ghost, you have to do this. And, and it's all in-game information. And you can get everything just by actually doing the grind. and It gives you a reason to be playing, which I think is is different than they've ever done. And I think that's the way to do it moving forward. I think that's that's a good point because they're giving you incentives to play the game and they're not making it super grindy. They're not making it super RNG. They're making it so that if you play the Nightfall during Crimson Days, you get this. If you do the raid during Crimson Days, you will get this. And then if you want a chance at some of the other stuff, just play the Crimson Doubles or whatever they're calling it this year, which – I think it's probably one of the smartest things they've done so far in Destiny 2 is getting rid of the, the the slot machine upon slot machine mechanic that they've had where not only is it random to get a drop, but then that drop is also random, which is probably the most frustrating thing in a loot collection game like Destiny. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good point. Um, I think there's a lot of promising things um, that we have to, to look forward to. And somebody who you know, now that we've started talking about this, it seems like a lot of the changes are, are starting to come out. And it, I, I don't want to say that uh, we, we timed it right with talking about wanting different changes, but I feel like I never expected to be talking about Destiny 2 as much as we are. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm not upset about it, so I think that's pretty neat. So the Crimson Doubles mode i'm not sure if that's what they're calling it but it's it's a special game mode that they have decided to create where you get you get an advantage if you stick with your partner so if you and your partner are traveling together your abilities recharge faster now if you separate say i guess to flank 
the enemy or to try and get like a different position and a waypoint will actually show up on the map to to tell the enemy team where you guys are at so i'm i'm actually kind of excited to to see like the strategy in that is is it going to be more beneficial to to stay together all the time or can you can you play tricks on the enemy by by separating i, I think it's going to be I actually think it might be kind of interesting, more so than just the simple um, Crimson Doubles was last year, with even with the, the Broken Heart buff that they had. Yeah, I'm interested to see kind of what they're what they're going to do because the uh, the buff and everything. If you were the last man standing in the original go around, kind of, I, don't, I just feel like it didn't necessarily enforce team play. It was more of a helping you survive if you were the last one. Yeah, um, so I think that this will bring a, a new dynamic to being to, with your uh, with your teammate more consistently. Um, and uh, another mechanic is that it's actually going to make the area around you brighter, I guess, because uh, like you had kind of mentioned earlier, they're bringing back the uh, Burning Shrine rendition map. But they're doing so; it's in the like the ruined Mercury. Um, setting so like if you anybody who has played the the curse of osiris osiris dlc which you know the story was a little disappointing but you know that doesn't take away the fact that they did manage to at least have a unique art you know in the in the different mercuries the past mercury the future mercury which i have to say i would like to play something that's in that garden world mercury which which was definitely interesting yeah it was pretty neat um the the whole uh, kind of multiple eras takes me back to you know vaults of glass where you had the past future past future and present yes and I think it's pretty neat that they're going to kind of put that into the PvP conversation I'm interested to see the map if it really is as dark as I anticipate it because you know I guess the sun's gone and if how they're going to work that into the you know regular PvP uh, playlists uh, especially as we get into the more six v six style that they want to change it to. Yeah, six v six for Iron Banner. That'll be interesting. Um, what else are you looking forward to? You know, in terms of Destiny Two. Now that we're actually kind of optimistic about where it's headed, I, I just look forward to kind of getting back in, uh, playing with the people we played with for so long, being able to. I guess mostly because I, I like this game. You know, but now if you bring it up, people are like, "Oh, you know, like it's not fun for someone to talk about." So for to be excited again and be proud to talk about the game that we've been playing for so long and the changes and, and being happy with uh, how things have been implemented through the live team. I, I look forward to, to that type of conversation um, or even, you know, us kind of here going back and forth and, and sharing tips and tricks of things that we're, cause we're always working to get better. Um, you know, and if we can kind of help spread that along, I think that will be the pit, you know, the most fun for me. Yes, and I like how you mentioned the live team because I think it was the live team were the ones who were solely responsible for kind of they they did the Taken Spring update and then they were they were responsible for the implementation and and everything that was created with the Rise of Iron expansion which you know Rise of Iron was a short expansion but it did introduced the most fun to the destiny game world you know there was a lot of of loot to chase there was good raid gear there was cool armor and pvp everything was kind of customizable you could you were you were rewarded for everything that you did so i feel like having them in charge of of where destiny 2 is going to go now 
is, is should hopefully bring us back to the the high points of Destiny One. My only concern is that if they do decide to make a a numbered sequel, a Destiny Three, I want them to kind of maintain the game world that they have now, so that. All of the features that they're implementing are not just thrown aside when they do decide to kind of do a hard reboot, if that is where they're headed, you know, come Destiny 3, if that's next year or in two years or whenever they do decide whatever the next big game-changing, you know, uh, event is. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll be an interesting way for them to go. It's... They can't do it the way they've done it before, and I think they know that. So hopefully they're at least you know keeping pace if they are working on Destiny 3 right now uh, with the changes that are being made and working those into the, the kind of the, the framework or the ground level of Destiny 3 so they don't have to worry about some of these, uh, you know, six months, a year in changes where they're trying to completely reinvent the whole game. Or just um, give us back our vault so that we, you know, can have collections of all the stuff we're acquiring. Yeah, no joke. Well, one of the things that I'm kind of excited about, um, one of the things you and I talk about uh, all the time is, is trying to work to get a better computer and get a capture card. I'm, I am excited if they're starting to make these changes, you know, if they're going to have everything in by the end of May, that is enough time to kind of get a nice setup on PC, maybe get destiny two and then play in 60 frames and, uh, you know, kind of add to the grind, which would be, <laughs> which would be I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I have always been a console gamer, I think forever. Now, that's not to say that I didn't play some games on the computer. Command and Conquer, StarCraft, those were, I mean, the, the best part about having a Mac was that you could play games like StarCraft, which was, oh my god, I've wasted so many hours playing LAN parties with StarCraft, the original one and the expansions. Oh man, so many hours. But... You recently have just gotten kind of hardcore into putting together your own PC and, and doing the research and everything. What what have you found? Because I want to try. What can you tell me in regards to like what do I what do I need to do in order to to get started? I had a lot of friends turn me onto a lot of different sites and you know people that are way better at. I guess mostly all of it. So shout out to any of you guys if you're listening. Um, but really, what the people who kind of know which would you know, the, the happening is within that industry are kind of saying that it's for the first time ever, not the best time to look into the buying the individual pieces because of the, uh, the cryptocurrency and the, uh, the blockchain mining, um, or however you phrase that stuff, the, the, all the, everything's more expensive because they're buying them in such bulk. There's and, actually a shortage of GPUs because of it. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty interesting to see. And you can notice that in some of the pricing and, uh, people are kind of coming around saying that it's it's best now to find kind of a pre-built rig where you can just kind of jump in and then, you know, wait for the, some of that to calm down over the next six months to a year. And then you can kind of go back and start switching parts out or whatever you want to do in that realm. You know, I like that you mentioned about having a pre-built thing because there there actually is a website and I remember I can't. I cannot remember exactly what the name was, but it was an article where on Kotaku they had they the, he one of the writers tried this website where you go to the website and you say these are my these are my three favorite games that I want to play on PC and you plug them in and you say I want to have better graphics and I want to have 
I want to be able to hit 1080p and I want to have this and I want to have that and I'm willing to spend this much money. And the website actually picks the parts out for you and gives it to you for around what the price is that you want. And then you can at the end say, I'm okay with these or I maybe I want to make a couple changes and you can make incremental upgrades like I just want to upgrade the GPU from my original setup, or I just want to upgrade my RAM from the original setup. Um, if I can find the name of that website, I will post it in the um, the podcast description when we're done with this, because that's, it was a really cool site. That's really similar to it. David turned me on to that uh, I Buy Power, and it, that might have been what it was. Um, I didn't look too hard into it. I, I didn't get the chance, but it seems like that was really similar. So um, it would be funny if those were one in the same but um i look forward to to us kind of getting something so we can you know start working and i want to stream more uh yes um you know just more games more content i'd like to be able to stream uh stuff on the switch especially with some of the rates that i've been beating these games apparently i'm obsessed but obsessed with uh, what yeah. we're playing the switch i know you know the switch is just such a such an intimate little console i like you know i, I have it out and i look at it and i'm going I like this thing, you know, like I don't necessarily look at my PlayStation 4 and go, you're, you know, I like you, you're cool. But I look at the Switch and I say, like, this thing is, is, it's cool. I like to have it with me. I like to take it when I go in the car. You know, it, it I like to put it on the, the ottoman when I'm sitting on the couch. It, I like to have it within arm's reach almost at all times when I'm at home because if I do get the urge to play, anything if i want to play you know breath of the wild and find a single korok seed in the next five minutes i can pick it up and do that if i get the the urge to do so and that's why i i that's why i like the switch the most sometimes you know compared to some of the other systems yeah yeah that's a good point um i look forward to the the games coming out that i know we've covered a little bit and i know we'll continue to talk about the switch i uh i just got golf stories so i hope to be able to talk a little bit more about that whenever i uh Whenever we meet up again. Yeah, I want to try that one too. You know, there's there's a ton of really cool looking indie games that are coming out for the Switch in the next few weeks. I want to check out Owlboy. Um, I want to check out this this game called Aegis Defenders, which looks really neat. And then, of course, I'm looking forward to Bayonetta. And finally, playing that to completion because I had it on the Wii U. But the, the idea of taking that thing out now and, and setting it up to play Bayonetta is just knowing that it's coming to the Switch in exactly a week is way more exciting. I think that pretty much wraps up what we had to talk about for this week. Um, if people are curious as to what they can catch us doing, we um, we actually were doing a multi-Twitch uh, stream the other night where we had both of us um, playing Destiny 1 and 2, and, and, and it was actually really interesting to watch it on the computer. It, I, I thought it was pretty fun. It's not exactly the most ideal setup, but if anybody wants to check us out, we're going to drop the link in the podcast description. Uh, we're also going to put it up on our schedule page, hopelessprofessionals.com slash schedule, um, you know, and you can check us out on the multi-Twitch 
Um, we're going to be streaming a bunch of Destiny, of course, Destiny 1 and 2. You can catch us playing Crimson Days next week. We'll put those days up on, this, on the website so you know for sure exactly when we'll be on. Travis, what, what do you want to add to our, our schedule for the rest of the month? Uh, one of the things that I know we're trying to be better and more consistent with is just posting as these things are going live and the things in between either podcasts or boardroom discussions. So uh, make sure to follow us at uh, Twitch at Hopeless Professionals, Twitter at Hopeless Pros. We're on Instagram at Hopeless Professionals and the same on Facebook, just Hopeless Space Professionals there. So, you know, give us a follow, give us a like, whatever, um, and uh, come hang out whenever you see us on yeah, and then the only other thing I want to add is, you know, we, we wrapped up our games of 2017, so please check those out. I know Travis and I had a lot of a lot of the same games that we really enjoyed, but that's because, like, we kind of, I think back and forth we were, we were introducing each other to these games. Like, you got The Witcher, I got Zelda, you know, Dishonored was kind of like we both fell into that at the same time, and then, of course, Uncharted. Um, so we really want to know what you guys liked last year to, you know, send us an email, hopelessprofessionals at gmail.com. Tell us what you liked last year. Tell us what you're looking forward to this year and anything you really want to hear from us. If you want to hear what our opinions are regarding, you know, new games coming out, let us know. Yeah, we'd be happy to even do, uh, we can, if we get quite a few emails, uh, you know, we can post one email per month. That way we know, like, you know, what you, what the, the listener fan base, uh, fan base uh, <laughs> uh, uh, email per month you know what you guys like but maybe we can try to just however we can get you guys incorporated into the anything we do we're happy to do that so shoot us your ideas hopelessprofessionals at gmail.com you know what what if you send us an email you will get your question read on the podcast so i mean it, i think that would be kind of fun if you're the first person to do so I'm going to send a question. (laughs) I am not going to read your question. Anyway, that wraps up our second podcast. Um, This will be... uh, We're going to try to do this as frequently as we can. You know, weekly, bi-weekly, maybe every 10 days or so. So, you know, check us out. Let us know what you think. Thanks again for hanging out, guys. And and until next time, we'll talk to you then. Adios.